Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Here we are talking hooker, it's Friday, Detroit, P.O.D. cast. It's back up to be talk, here we are talking hooker, he's drafted round three, pick 68. Is he the future, just a stopgap, here we are talking hooker, golf here and he's throwing, he's throwing. Don't know about the future, here we are talking hooker, it's Jeremy's favorite topic. What does this mean for our guy, Jerry Goff, here we are talking hooker. Welcome to First Bite, our Detroit Lions midweek podcast where we bring in a special guest to talk all things Detroit Lions. We are in the middle of our Detroit Lions draft review, bringing on a special guest talking about each player. Before we get to that, my name is Jeremy Reisman. I am the producer and a co-host of uh, First Bite. You can find me at Detroit Online on Twitter. With me as always, uh, helping us break down the Lions draft uh, picks here is senior editor of Pride of Detroit is at Ryan underscore POD on Twitter. It's Ryan Matthews. How are we doing, buddy? I am doing well, fellow co-host. I am probably, this is the, uh, maybe of all the prospects, this is the talk that I was probably the most looking forward to because it requires, uh, you just had, you know, car stuff earlier in the day. Sure. I need to be sold. I need to be sold. I'm I'm in the lot. I'm looking at yeah. all the Lions draft prospects. This is the one that I need to be sold on. Sure. And it, I feel like this is also the draft pick that has the widest range of possible outcomes. Like we could be talking about a decent backup. We could be talking about a franchise quarterback. And obviously a lot of that talk is going to be kicked down the line in, inside the Detroit Lions organization. But we're going to see uh, exactly what uh, our, our guest thinks about it. And that's right. We are talking about Tennessee, former Tennessee quarterback, Hendon Hooker, or as Twitch calls them, uh, Hendon H, because uh, maybe there's some terms of service that we're breaking here. Uh, But anyways, to help us break down Hendon Hooker's football game and who he is as a person, we brought on the managing, or I'm sorry, the manager slash lead writer of Rocky Talk, Rocky Top Talk. I know I have such a problem with that. Uh, The SB Nation site for the Tennessee Volunteers. Terry Lambert is here. Terry, welcome, man. Thanks for having me on, guys. No problem at all. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm very excited about this one. So let's let's just start with uh, Hendon's arrival at Tennessee. Obviously, a transfer from Virginia Tech. Um, what was kind of the first impressions from Volunteers fans when that news broke down? Was was it excitement? Was it this is just another body? Um, what were I guess early expectations for him? Yeah. So the backstory of Hendon is is probably my favorite part um, because he committed to Jeremy Pruitt. Um, I don't know if a lot of people realize that um, Tennessee was running a pro style, you know, I formation uh, attack and they needed a veteran. Uh, they had a five star freshman, Harrison Bailey. He was going to be the guy They needed that veteran arm for insurance. And that was Hendon Hooker. Uh, so I thought the fit was kind of odd. Um, personally, uh, it was kind of strange that he committed to Tennessee to come run this I formation and he's going to have to battle it out with a freshman. 
Uh, well, then Jeremy Pruitt gets fired, uh, famously for you know paying recruits with McDonald's bags full of money. Uh, so he's out. Uh, Tennessee goes and hires uh, Josh Heupel. Uh, Heupel runs this spread up tempo attack, um, and suddenly, you know, the Tennessee offense gets a lot more exciting to think about. So uh, Hooker still was an afterthought. Because uh, everyone just kind of assumed it was going to be this five-star kid, uh, Harrison Bailey. It didn't go that way. And, in fact, Tennessee added Joe Milton out of the transfer portal. So, uh, Milton's got this huge arm. You know, he's a guy that can get coaches in trouble. Uh, it, you can get enamored with his ability. So, uh, Hooker, again, was an afterthought until the fall. And it – Nobody really talked about him. There was a thought that he might even transfer out again. So uh, it didn't come in with a lot of fanfare, but he uh, he started he he changed that narrative very quickly. So so Terry, if you can talk about that, like how how soon as soon as he hit the field in the fall, were were you like, oh, okay, this dude's special, especially in you know the, this new offense that Heupel has installed? Yeah. So uh, Joe Milton obviously won the starting job and uh, he got hurt in the that Pittsburgh games, game two. Uh, Hooker comes in. He was okay. Uh, generated some offense. Uh, I think Tennessee had a cupcake game uh, that next week, but um, I think it was the Missouri game, the fourth game of the year, fourth or fifth game. Tennessee just throttled Missouri and Hooker came out. It was 28 to nothing in the first quarter. And then we were all just like, okay, no, no, this is the tempo we've heard about. This is, Josh Heifel's attack uh, and Hendon was just operating with ease. You know, it was his, I believe it was his second career start. Uh, and, and for him to take to it so quickly, um, really not having a lot of time in the system, the difference between him and Milton was night and day. And suddenly you had Tennessee, who was quite literally a bottom five offense uh, the year before, looking like a top five offense. And I think they did finish in top five total offense that year, uh, ended up finishing first overall in total offense 2022. So uh, I, I look back at that Missouri game. It was a blowout. I don't remember what the score was, but, uh, that was definitely the moment of, wow, we've got something. Was there, was there like a specific play, maybe uh, whether it's with his legs or a, a throw that he made that you're like, like eye opening. like, it's not just that he's, you know, putting up these incredible numbers. It's like, oh, he has the arm talent. Oh, he's got the the leg talent. Is there is there one player something defining early in his career where it's just like, boom, like yeah. okay, that guy yeah. that guy's got talent. Yeah, I go back to that first quarter in, in Missouri. Uh, it wasn't a, a specific play, but it was a series of, of drives. I think Tennessee scored four times, uh, three offensive touchdowns and a defensive touchdown. He dropped a bomb uh, to Javante Payton uh, going down the sidelines, and then. Uh, you know, Tennessee comes running down the field, running tempo, and you can tell Hendon, you know, he's he's got everybody running. He's got everybody operating, putting them in place. And I'm like, man, this is his, his second career start, really, in the system. Uh, so it, it was just kind of seeing that that control of the, the tempo, that control of the pace, putting people in place, calling the right plays, uh, where it, it just looks like uh, how it should, how it really should look. And then, Terry, can you talk about maybe some of the expectations that that season then put on Hendon 
going into his final yeah. year in 2022. Like, I mean, light lights up the stat sheet, right? 31 touchdowns to three picks. So super careful with the football. Um, what, what kind of expectations did he have com- coming into last season? I, well, you got to look at Tennessee as a football program and we've kind of been guarded as a fan base as saying, hey, <laughs> this is going to be our year. And, you know, we always get made fun of for doing that. So they were tempered uh, playing in the SEC. Nobody expected them to go beat Alabama or, or Georgia, but we expected a, you know, nine and three, at least eight and four type season. So uh, what he did in 2021 really uh, opened our eyes and we were excited for the first time in a long time. Uh, we hadn't had offense like that in Knoxville. It's just, since Josh Dobbs, uh, really. Um, So, yeah, Tennessee had expectations for the first time in a long time. uh, And, and of course, they they went out and blew those expectations away. And Hendon was great. I I mean, no moment was too big. You know, it seemed like when the bigger the moment, the the better he played. So expectations-wise, he dealt with them and he came after it and he put together the best Tennessee football season we've had since 2001. Something like that. Yeah. Is there is there a part to Hendon's game that that was elevated in, in 2022 outside of just performing in, in huge games and in big moments? Um, was there something either technical or, or, or mentally about his game that took to another level? It's tempo. Uh, Tennessee's really uh, plays really fast. Yeah. Um, we'll probably get into this a little bit, but they uh, they operate kind of like the old Baylor days. Uh, RG3, Art Browse, that that's kind of where this offense comes comes from. So he he truly went to work and mastered it. Uh, you could tell he's a different guy, you know, that came out and just whipped people. Uh, it's, he, they they could have put up 100 points. So uh, it, it was his complete mastery of the offense. And really, you know, he was on that track in 2021, but to come out in 2022 like he did, I mean, this dude might have won the Heisman. Uh, that that's that's how much he improved. That's how much he mastered this offense. It's it's interesting you say all that too, because when when the Lions general manager Brad Holmes talks about Hendon Hooker, that's exactly what he said. It's like this guy was in command, and they and yes, yeah. mentioned the same thing: the tempo, the speed, like not like he was commanding it all, in charge of it all. It, it, it seemed like he had been a veteran in that system forever. But like you said, like. He wasn't even coming down campus the, the year before with the expectation of running that often. So that's that's I mean, that has I would imagine you would think that the the his ability to master an offense that quickly, even if it is. And we'll get into this a little later, even if it's a quote unquote simple offense, I would have to imagine you think that that translates potentially well for for the NFL game. Yeah, you said it. he was he was QB, two, And, uh, you know in the matter of a month, he took over this football team. You know, he was the unquestioned, unquestioned leader. Uh, Josh Hype will tell you that. And so, and Hype will put a lot on his plate and he'll tell you that too. Uh, you know, I remember in that Florida game, uh, Tennessee hadn't, has beat Florida one time since 2004. And we're sitting there at the one yard line, looking at a 99 yard drive potentially with about a couple minutes left. Uh, and Hendon says, I want the ball. And Josh Heupel had the trust to go give him that. Uh, and he went down, put together a 99-yard drive and scored scored a touchdown, huge touchdown, give Tennessee control of the game before halftime. So just uh, that complete mastery was really impressive. Um, uh, Just kind of two quick questions. It's October 14th. You know, it's the eve before six plays five. 
It's Tennessee versus Bama. I mean, at the end of that, what are you thinking about Hendon Hooker? Like, I know you're talking like Heisman stuff, but like, is that the game where, hey, he went and outdueled the guy who might be the number one pick in the draft and ended up being the number one pick in the draft? Man, that the the pain that the Tennessee fan base has has felt in that that series, <laughs> Hendon Hooker probably deserves a statue on campus just for. But I mean, you're right. It, the end of that game, three throws, uh, fifteen seconds. Alabama misses uh, a field goal, and you've got fifteen seconds. And Josh Heupel once again has the trust uh, to give Hendon the ball. And he delivers three perfect throws, goes right down the field. Tennessee kicks a field goal. I mean, it, it was it was so impressive. And Bryce Young, I mean, Bryce Young was Houdini in that game, and Hendon matched him step for step. So that was really cool. That was definitely the, the pinnacle of his Tennessee career. Man, I, I'm I'm hearing all this, Ryan, and I'm just like a downtrodden fan base <laughs> gets a quarterback who who you know brings him to a new level, starts knocking down some like long sad records um i i i want to i want to hold back i I don't want the jared golf parallels there to get to get mad at me but (laughs) there's part of me that 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 thinks like there might be something special under there but um we're going to take a quick break here when we come back we're going to get a little bit more into the nitty-gritty talk about maybe some of the challenges that that hendon hooker faces at the nfl level when we come back here on first bite with terry lambert of rocky top talk we'll be right back Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And we are back here on First Bite talking all things Hendon Hooker lines third round draft pick here with Terry Lambert from Rocky Talk, Rocky Top Talk, <laughs> uh, the SB Nation Tennessee blog. Uh, let's talk about, I think maybe the, the biggest criticism outside of, I guess the, the ACL recovery that, that face that he faces ahead. Um, it, it's all about super simple scheme. Um, yeah. Tennessee runs something very simple, very quarterback friendly. Um, but it's interesting though, because when we, we talked to Hendon about it and, and someone said, well, like you were, you only had to scan half the field after the play, like you only had to read one half the field. You could ignore the other half. 
he kind of pushed back on that. He's like, that's not how it always was. Like I, there were plenty of times when I was reading the whole field. So I was wondering if maybe you could provide a little bit more clarity into what that Tennessee scheme is and what, what does translate to the NFL and what might take some time to learn. Yeah, it's a really interesting uh, offense. I just said it was basically like the Art Browse attack um, back in the day. Uh, I don't know if you guys have watched some of those Baylor receivers, uh, the Kendall Wrights, the Terrence Williams, those those types um, that didn't really translate to the NFL. Uh, and and there's some legitimate gripes there about them just turning around and not even running around, not even moving. Right. Um, so that's where the half the field scan comes into. And that did happen at Tennessee. Uh, it wasn't 100% of the time. But the thing I'll say about that is Tennessee, the Tennessee playbook is very thin. It's simple. Um, Hendon had the the luxury of looking at the defense, picking a play. Very simple. If, if the safety was down, you know, he's probably going to take a shot. The safety was back. He was going to hand it off. So stuff like that, really simple stuff. Um, but yeah, the the attack itself didn't have a ton of full full field uh, full field reads. Uh, so that's a legitimate argument, and and it's something that Hendon's going to have to do. Uh, you know, dropping back in the pocket one, two, three, four. It, it, that's just something he didn't do a ton of at Tennessee. Not saying he didn't do it at all, but he he definitely didn't do it every snap. Can you maybe talk a little bit, Terry, about some of the maybe some of the other things? You know, we can't really talk about his age. It is what it is. You can't change that. But for the things that he can improve on uh, at the NFL level, when, when it came to him dealing with pressure, um, can you talk a little bit about, you know, we haven't really talked a whole lot about his his ability to move. Um, can you talk about how he deals with pressure? Um, how does he throw off platform? You know, uh, can he escape from linebackers at the NFL level? Yeah, so that's another interesting question because Tennessee played so fast. Uh, everything was, I don't want to say predetermined, but Hendon had such a, a, a great grasp of where the ball was going to go uh, that he didn't face a ton of pressure. You know, they, they didn't really get after him. Uh, he's very, very athletic, uh, a really explosive runner, um, borderline violent, too violent. Uh, he, he will seek out contact and he, you know, it kind of scared us a lot when he did that, but uh, he's a very explosive runner. I, I, one of my favorite tweets was uh, it said that he uh, he looked like a deer that had gotten loose in, in a Walmart. And it, I, I don't know why, but you know, <laughs> if you have that in your head and you watch him run, it would kind of make sense. But anyways, uh, very athletic. Yes, I think he can get away from uh, linebackers. Doesn't look to run a, a whole lot, but he's definitely a, a guy that can escape the pocket, make something happen, move the chains. Um, it, in terms of him in the pocket, I think he's really great in the pocket. Um, I, I think his feet are always hooked up underneath him. Uh, everything looks natural. Uh, he doesn't throw a ton off platform. He didn't have to. Uh, Tennessee didn't really move him around, didn't really uh, roll him out or anything like that. So that that's a question of mine. Uh, at the next level, what's going to happen when he goes play action bootleg? You know, that's just stuff we haven't seen at Tennessee. Yeah, it seems like a lot. A lot I mean, there there is a lot of projection involved right here, right? Right. It, it, because he's done so. I, I just, I guess, so limited of of what he's shown on tape. Um, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see how that translates to the next level. Um, one thing that I imagine will translate to the next level is the the arm talent. 
Um, so I'd like for you to talk a little bit about that in terms of what he does well in terms of his arm talent. Does he have a, you know, the power for every NFL throw? Um, is there, is there any mechanical issues that, that we need to know about anything like that? No, I, I, he's really sound as a thrower. Everything looks easy. Uh, it starts with his feet, his feet stay underneath him, uh, planted, uh, really, really accurate. That's, that's probably his best trait, maybe outside of, uh, just knowing the offense where the ball needs to go, uh, really accurate passer. That that was the big jump uh, for me going from Joe Milton to Hendon Hooker. The accuracy was just off the charts different. Uh, so everything is is fundamentally sound, uh, which allows him to be a really accurate passer. Got a fine arm. Uh, we're probably a, a little jaded because we see Joe Milton every day, and and he's probably got the most powerful arm probably in all of football. Uh, but there's not a throw that we were saying, oh, if, if he just had a little more juice on it. No, it, it was fine. Tennessee played a vertical attack, uh, took a ton of shots, and he always had enough steam on all those throws. So uh, at, physically, uh, he's got all the tools. Uh, it's just going to be about can he adjust, can he play pro style, can he get under center? Um, you know, I think I've seen him under center maybe two or three snaps ever. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that that's going to be a big thing. I, I think it gets overblown, uh, honestly, but um, it's just something he's going to have to get used to. Really, really quick uh, to follow up the accuracy. Is it, is it at all three levels, like intermediate, deep, yeah. short? He's good at all at it all. Or is there one maybe that he, he trails he's, back? He's, he's great at it all, um, particularly deep. Um, so I saw some people knocking his deep accuracy. I, I, I disagree on that. Um, he always gave his receivers the chance to catch the ball, go make a play. Cedric Tillman, great at 50-50 balls. He would just throw it up and get it in his zip code, and he's usually coming down with it. Uh, Jalen Hyatt, you know, world-class speed uh, and was able to to hit him in stride more times than not. So uh, accurate to, to all levels. I think that's probably his best trait. For, for another area where there might be some projection, Terry, um, you, you look at his heat map and just the Tennessee offense, it seems like a lot of throws go to the boundaries. They go outside the hash. Yep. What what kind of concerns? Because I'm I'm sure you saw very little. It, it seems like of him throwing the ball over the middle. Is, is that another thing that you're you're Absolutely. interested to see? Absolutely. That that kind of goes back to what I was talking about with the offense and the predetermined stuff. Uh, like Hendon's calling the play. He knows where it's going. He knows this, he's throwing it over here quickly to Jalen Hyatt, and Hyatt's going to do the rest. So yeah, we 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 didn't see a bunch of uh, three three stop three-step drops um, and throwing post routes or anything like that. Um, so it was either a vertical shot or it was either kind of just a throw to the sideline and and, and get up the field uh, mainly. So, yeah, I, there, there's a lot of projection there. Uh, I, I won't lie, but the things that I've seen, the tools that I've seen uh, are going to allow him to excel, in my opinion. It's just a matter of whether or not he can get comfortable in an NFL offense. Well, one thing that that should help, and one that I've I've literally already noticed, especially in rookie minicamp, is his leadership qualities. Yeah. Um, jump off the page, uh, both on tape. Again, another thing that that Lions general manager Brad Holmes mentioned almost immediately. Can you kind of get into maybe some specifics of of what you've seen out of Hendon Hooker as a, as a leader that that endears him to his teammates seemingly instantly? Yeah, fantastic dude. I, I mean. I talked about it coming in as the backup and and suddenly he had the team rallying around him uh, just, just a month later. So um, when he took that job from Joe Milton, Joe Milton got hurt. He didn't actually go beat him out for it, but 
it was his, obviously, and they weren't weren't going to give it back. But Milton could have transferred, and you know, you see that all around college football. He was starting job as quarterback, hitting the portal. Hendon kind of convinced him to stay, and they became roommates, and now they're they're best friends, and you know, they're each other's biggest fans. So, I think that that relationship is really cool, and that that kind of that kind of shows what kind of person uh, Hendon Hooker is because he didn't have to work with Joe and, and, and get an up to speed like that. So that relationship kind of evolved uh, over the course of the year. And then when Hendon went down against South Carolina towards ACL, uh, yeah, season's over. Tennessee was on the cusp of the playoff berth and he was, he might have won the Heisman. Uh, most people would have been out, but he shows up to uh, Vanderbilt on the road, pouring down rain in November on crutches. He's on the sideline. So he's cheering Joe on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every time Joe comes off the sideline, he's there greeting him, congratulating him. And then he does the same thing. He goes down to the Orange Bowl. Uh, so th- that was really cool. Uh, he didn't have to do that, you know. And nobody does that. Right. Uh, but I think he wanted to see it through. I think it was his team, and he just wanted to kind of finish that job there. So that kind of gives you – a idea of how how good of a person he is don't mean to put you on the spot terry but i kind of ask this question to, to everybody and i'll kind of frame it in a, in a different way because you talked a little bit about the missouri game um in in, in his first season you, we, we touched on the bama game is, is there a play that he made while at tennessee that made you say wow that's a guy who is going to play on sundays i'll go back to that florida drive uh, that that Bama drive was was the stuff of legends, and and I, I touched on that. But that that ninety nine yard drive against Florida kind of set the tone for the rest of the season uh, for Tennessee. Uh, we 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 find a way to lose to Florida. We, that's just what <laughs> happened. And uh, yeah, I, I believe it was a tie game at the time, seventeen uh, seventeen. Ninety nine yards in front of him, just a couple minutes left, and. Hendon makes one play to get out of the end zone, and then he uncorks a deep ball, 50 yards, and it's caught. It's a diving catch. He's running down the field, get all the way to the goal line. He actually rolls out one of the rare times that he rolled out through a touchdown pass kind of behind him, uh, kind of a no-no, but still it was a, it was a really good ball. Uh, gave Tennessee control of that game. And from then on, you were like, okay, Tennessee – has beaten Florida. We're going to LSU next next week. We've got Alabama after that. You know, you can kind of get through those. He goes and blows the doors off of LSU. I mean, it was it was Tennessee was up four touchdowns in no time. Uh, and then he did what he did against Alabama. So, but that Florida drive, uh, really to take control of that ball game set the tone for the rest of the season. I'm definitely gonna jump into YouTube and see if I can find that entire drive yeah. now. Um, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, last one before uh, we'll let you, you go here. And and again, this one's kind of putting your feet to the fire a little bit. So uh, feel free to answer as, as safely as, as possible here. But because a lot of Lions fans are are interested, like, where do you view this guy's, I guess, range of possibilities at the NFL? Because people aren't sure if this guy's going to just be a uh, a backup. And and obviously, I like it. Sounds like he would certainly... Uh, I guess, welcome a backup role in supporting a, a, a franchise quarterback for his career. He seems like that kind of person. Yeah. But in terms of his, his physical skill set, in terms of his ability to pick up an offense very quickly, albeit a simple one, do you think that his ceiling is, is truly like a franchise NFL quarterback? 
I really do. I, I, I really do. Uh, you know, the age is one thing, 25 years old. The ACL is another. I don't know if he'll be ready to go. He says he's going to be ready to go. I don't, I'm not sure. But I think he's landed in a great spot um, I, to sit sit behind golf and, and be able to learn and take it easy year one. I, I think his landing spot has helped him a ton here. Hmm. I think his floor is probably a high-end QB2. I saw a comp. I forget who it was, but someone dropped a Geno Smith comp. Hmm. And that makes a lot of sense when you sure. think about it. Think back to that that West Virginia offense, how good he was in it. Uh, kind of tumbled down in the second round. Um, he was a high level backup, and now he's a starter for Seahawks. So I could kind of see a, a trajectory on, on that scale. I, I like that Geno Smith comp a lot, uh, but I, I I'm inclined to bet on Hendon the person. I mean, from everything I've seen over the past two years, it's, it's just hard to see that guy fail. I, I, I just – I really can't see it. Fair. So he, he maybe, like, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm a homer. But. <laughs> well, I get it, though. Like, to me, there there's a certain thing that transcends, like, being a good player on your favorite team. It's being a good person, yeah. being a very easy guy to root for. And – that I mean, that's already tough to accomplish, I think, as an NFL quarterback, right? Especially a, a backup. Like, well, in Detroit, the backup quarterback is sometimes the most popular guy on the team. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I think I mean, just, could... just to drive home that point, yeah. Tennessee football was in the dumps. I mean, terrible, terrible. Uh, a lot of that is Josh Heifel, but a lot of it's Hendon Hooker, too. And uh, I'll be really interested to see how Tennessee does without him. Yeah. Um, I'm a little bit concerned. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, well, Terry, I want to give you the opportunity to to promote your stuff. Where can people find your work? Uh, follow you on Twitter, social media, all that sort of stuff. And maybe if you have any Hendon Hooker specific content that lines fans might be interested in, uh, you can plug that as well. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at tlambertTN. I write for RockyTopTalk.com. Uh, college football right around the corner. Uh, we got summer months here, what, two months away? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be fun. SEC is always fun. Uh, yeah, uh, get on the SB Nation network of sites. Uh, all those guys are great, especially down in the SEC. We have a good time with it. So if you're a college football fan, definitely check all of us out. Well, Terry, uh, very much appreciate your time. Very insightful stuff. And uh, I think you, you got Lions fans. I don't know if you convinced Ryan yet. What are we thinking, Ryan? I'll buy it. <laughs> All right. Go, well, go watch the Florida tape. Yeah, there you go. I'm going to, and everybody else should too. Yeah. We'll go do that. Uh, and if you want to follow us along uh, next week, who do we got, Ryan? Is it Ryan Branch time? Ryan Branch time, yeah. Which we might have to just package with Jameer Gibbs. Oh, uh, that feels like a disservice to Brian Branch. You know what? Maybe we'll get Virginia Tech. Is that right? No, Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. Oh, for Jameer okay. Gibbs. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, so we'll 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 double dip on Jameer Gibbs next week. But uh make sure you're following us on all socials. Make sure you're getting us wherever you get podcasts. Uh, but until next time, thank you all for listening. It's chaos. Be kind. Mm-hmm.